love you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. This morning I'm going to do something a little bit differently, but this is what I need you to do throughout the message. I want you to just be willing to imagine a little bit, okay? Just to keep that in mind, be willing to imagine. Verse 18, chapter 1, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill, the, to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. When plans change, do you remember a few weeks ago when we had what some called Stormageddon? Remember the big rain? Uh, they were saying it's coming, the big rain. Does anyone remember that? Or was it just us? Because we had a leak in our house when Stormageddon came. And uh, it was just dripping uh, and dripping and dripping and dripping. And uh, after the storm had finished, we realised we had to go and get someone to fix the, the leak in our house. And that person came on Friday, nice guy, went up on the roof, I wasn't home, Son was home, Sonia, my wife was home, and uh, kindly fixed the roof. When he came down from the roof, he said these words, he said, you've got major issues with your roof. You could have something up to $8,500 worth of work needing on your roof. So things have changed for us. Initially, I was going to get Sonia something really nice. Now she's getting a big tarp that's going to go right over our roof. Has anyone else given their wife a tarp? If you have, I'd love to speak to you. We can get a good price. You know what? Things change. Our plans change. This morning, I want to speak about when we have those change, change of plans. I hope what I share with you this morning can minister to you, can speak to you, those especially whose plans have changed as you reflect back this year. But for some of you, just so you know, you might not want to hear this, but your plans for 2018 are going to change with what you might even have in mind right now. They're going to change. So I hope this is something that um, you can hold on to even as you move into 2018. So what I want to do is share something pretty simple with you and leave you with something that I hope you can take with you. I want to read a few of those verses through the time that we've got left. And then I want to leave you with one main thought. There's a lot going on at Christmas, so not five points and they all start with A or B or whatever. It's one main thought that I hope you can take with you. And if you've got a pen, that's the only time you're going to need to pull it out to write something down. Put it in your phone, whatever it is. 
But this is a, a, something that I want to share with those of you who are facing something that you didn't plan, that you didn't think was going to happen to you. And it's caused you to have a change of plans. Let me ask you a quick question um, and need a little bit of participation here. Are, are you a planner? Put your hand up if you are a planner. All right. Now, if you're wondering if you're a planner, if you've bought Christmas presents for Ju- in June for Christmas, put your hand up. Have you? We need to talk, okay? Cheryl, there's some things. Anyway, uh, Luke and I know someone, well, who actually has a diary for his diary. Now, that's a very organised person. But we won't go there. We won't name that person. But there are some people who are extremely good and wise planners. But you can sometimes be the most... Uh, Organised person, have the greatest plans in place. But they can change just like that. You know, I've noticed with planning people, when those plans change, how that does rattle them. Rattles you, doesn't it? When you think, this is how my day is meant to go, and something all of a sudden comes up, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I've planned my day like this. I know beyond a shadow of doubt, though, in a, in a, in a room of this size that there are a number of people that as I speak this morning, you're facing something that you didn't plan, that has just come out of nowhere. You've been job hunting even though you had no idea at the beginning of the year that you would lose your job. You didn't plan for some of you to have the medical battle that you are having right now. You had no idea come this Christmas time for you or a family member that all of a sudden... You are no longer with your spouse. You're separated. You know, for some of us, we get to Christmas and we had no idea of this at the beginning of, or even at last Christmas, but this year there's going to be that symbolic empty chair that someone who's always filled that that chair in our Christmas gatherings, our Boxing Day gatherings, whatever it is, that chair this year will be empty. They're not there. Either they've passed away, they've left the family, whatever it might be. And you're you're going to be facing Christmas this year without that person. You weren't planning on that. That wasn't in your plans. And whenever we face things that we don't plan, it it can really rattle our faith at times. We're wondering, God, why? Why? Why has this happened? Why are you allowing this to happen? What's going on? This isn't planned. So as we look at these verses in Matthew here that we've read this morning, I want to talk about Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus. For some of us, we have heard these uh, verses so many times. They say one of the challenges for a pastor is Christmas and Easter, because you've got to come up with something new every time. But the message doesn't change. I want to just tell you that straight up. But trying to communicate it to something to keep your attention. And I hope what I share this morning will will grab your attention this morning, but encourage you, give you some hope in what we see through these two people. If you're visiting this morning, we're so glad you're here. If you don't normally come to church, it is just we're just glad you're here. And you can read more about the story, the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. And also, uh, if you have time and there's Bibles out in the front of the church that are free, look up Luke in chapters 1 and 2, and there's even more detail there of the birth of Jesus. We don't have time to go through all of that this morning, but we want to look at these few words here this morning. If you, if you think about it, uh, there are so many things that happened in the story of uh, Mary and Joseph that we don't know about. So this is where I'm going to need your imagination a little bit this morning. 
If I was to ask you to summarize 2017 for you for this year and you only had three sentences, how would you go? Would you be able to cover everything? I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think for some of you that sit here and you're a Richmond supporter, that most of your sentences are all made up with that, so we're not even going to go there with you. But, um, but it's very hard, isn't it, within three sentences to write about your year. Just imagine that. Even three paragraphs is really hard. We don't have access to everything that happened for Mary and Joseph. We don't know how they met. How did they meet? There's nothing recorded about that in any of the Gospels. So I want you to imagine a little bit this morning about that, as I talk about that. How did they meet? Let's just pretend, let's just pretend. It's Wednesday night. Mary gets invited to a youth group Bible study. Okay? Just imagine if you've got to close your eyes, you can. I won't think you're asleep. Just close your eyes. And they go down to the local synagogue and they're there. Mary loves God. She goes to the local Bible study and there's this youth leader there and his name is Joseph. Known as Joey, but Joseph. Okay? He's there. And he's passionate. He's teaching from the prophets. And Mary is just, whoa, this guy is great. He's cute, but he's a very good Bible teacher. He's amazing. She's a couple of years younger than him. And she asks a couple of questions and she finds out actually that he has a job, that he's a carpenter, builds furniture. He's got a job. And the evening goes really well. And after the study, he comes up and introduces himself. She's very nervous. Anyway, the next time they catch up, he's wearing this very nice best of Bethlehem cologne when they next meet up, smelling really nice. (laughs) And before they know it, they're starting to get to know one another, invites her out. They agree to keep meeting up. They keep sitting closer and closer to each other. Then he says, would you like to meet my parents? Meets the parents. She meets his. He meets hers. Things are going very, very well. They go out riding their donkey together. It's really cute. It gets to the point where he says, I'd like to marry you. She kind of acts surprised, but she goes, yes, yes, of course I will. That's just how Sonia did it, so that's all I know. But yes, of course I'd marry you, Tim. I went, oh, okay. No, I didn't. So excited. They go and tell their parents. Her mum starts planning the wedding. Her mum drives everyone crazy as she plans the wedding. She's a control freak. We don't know exactly if that happened. (laughs) Hey, I'm leaving soon. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But they're a young couple. They're crazy about each other. They're in love. That's what young couples do. 
Couples who, they don't even have to be young, who are getting married. That's what happens. They start to plan for the future. We, we don't know all the details of their plan, but, but we know as those who are in that privileged position of, of planning to get married, we know you plan for the future. You talk about what you're going to do, what you look forward to. What we, what we do know is this, that they, the Bible says they didn't share any intimacy with one another. They, they didn't have sex before they got married. That was a commitment that they made. They wanted to save themselves for that married life when it began. Maybe they did plan to what sort of house would we have? Would it have a stable? Would it have a room out the back for for Joseph Carpentry work? How many kids will we have? What will we call them? Tim, Sonia, Haley. What are we going to name our kids? What what are we going to do? Let's plan our lives together. Can't wait for it. They're making these plans and then one day Mary is off by herself and she has the most special and holy encounter with God through one of his angels. Mary loves God. And she cannot believe this and the angel tells her, you have been chosen. You've been chosen, Mary. You're going to give birth to a son. And I sense she's going, well, haven't you heard that Joseph and I, you know, baby, how that works sort of thing. The angel says, no, you'll conceive the baby by the Holy Spirit. You can only imagine this young girl who loves God, who loves Joseph, is getting married to him. And her God has chosen her to be part of history. She's thinking, oh, I can't wait to tell Joseph. He's going to be so excited that God's chosen us. And she goes and she tells Joseph that she's pregnant. I think most of us know here that he didn't high five, jump. He freaked out. He's freaking out. He is a regular guy. Folks, these are real people and we don't know how it came about but what we know is that in verses 18 and 19 we see a polite way to say uh, it is all going crazy, hitting the fan. If you read between the lines here you, you, you know exactly in a sense what's taking place per se. And this is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. And they had a plan for their married life. That's just my inclusion. But before they came together, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Mary goes to tell Joseph, Hey, I'm pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Are you imagining? We're not fully aware of how he responded at that very moment, but we do know that he was hurt, that he was upset, as it says in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in his mind to divorce her quietly. He's crushed. 
As you read between the lines, I sent this sense he was so humiliated, broken-hearted. This, this just is not happening. He's got to tell his mum, he's got to tell his dad, he's got to tell his friends. There's that public humiliation. But here's the worst bit, I think. He was in love with Mary. He actually loved her. He was going to marry her. He trusted her. I sense like most couples, if not all couples, he, he told her things that he'd never told anyone else. He, he believed that God had brought them together. He was saving himself for her. And she'd cheated. Yeah, right. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. He planned to divorce her quietly. If you're, if you're divorced, you're kind of almost pushed out completely this time. Joseph's like, I'm trying to serve God and now I'm going to be divorced. Think about Mary's perspective. Think about her. When this angel of the Lord appeared to her, we see in Luke 1.38, she said, may it be done unto me. According to your word, I will do it. It's like her saying in our modern terminology, I love you, God, with all of my heart, with all my soul, with all of my mind. I will do whatever you ask. I will do it. And she did. It's obedience. Now her life's totally over. She's pregnant without a husband. She's going to be a single mom in a culture that anything like that type of thing was going on. There'd be literally impossible to get a job. Most probably even begging, begging for food, begging for anything to keep her and her son alive. We won't even talk about the rumours. Her life is over and you know what she's thinking? I think she's thinking, God, this is not what I planned. I didn't have this in mind. This wasn't the plan that we had. God, I said yes to you. I was obedient to you and this has happened. I've done everything you've wanted me to do. I actually only tried to do what you asked, God. This isn't fair. Maybe for some of you as you sit here this morning, you say exactly the same things. This isn't what I had planned, God. This doesn't seem fair. I've done everything that you've asked me to do. God, God I, didn't, I didn't plan to, to be financially a mess. I look after my money really well. And that job just, just went. I've honoured you with my money. I've honoured you with my money in the church, with my family and everything else, and now I'm a financial mess. God, I pour my life into my kids. I give everything to my kids. I, I try and follow your word with the raising of my kids, and I see how they are now. That it's, what, this isn't how I planned. <clears throat> 2017 started so well, so healthily for you. And all of a sudden, things went pear-shaped very quickly. And all of a sudden, now you carry a serious illness with serious treatment. You're going, God, I didn't plan for it. I actually was going to do stuff for you this year. 
And now I sit in this hospital or in these medical places and I have more tests. I get poked and prodded more than I've ever wanted to or ever believed I ever would. It's not the plan that I had. The list can go on and on and on. I get migraines all the time. I didn't plan that. I've fallen into this depressive mode. Or I care for my family member who has anxiety. I didn't plan that. That just doesn't seem fair. God, what are you doing? It's not what I planned. You know, at the beginning of the message, I shared that I want to leave you with one thought. And this is the thought. If you've got a pen, a bit of paper, I encourage you to write it down. One thought. That I hope will encourage you, that might even plant a truth in your heart, encourage you at this time. If you had these plans and they've changed out of nowhere, hold on to this. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose. And I want to expand that a little bit. I'm not sure if you memorize scripture, but if you want one scripture to memorize next year, I encourage you to memorize this one that's coming on the screen. Many other plans in a person's heart. Many other plans. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God has a purpose. Mary and Joseph's plans were wrecked. They were shattered. Joseph determines that, hey, I'm going to have to divorce Mary. And then in verse 20, it says this. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Wait, what? Everything that she said is true? Yep. And verse 21 shows us the purpose here. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. It's like you can even imagine... God whispering these words to Joseph, my, my thoughts are, are so different, are so much greater than your thoughts, Joseph. My purposes are so much greater than your purposes, so much greater than your plans. I'm about bringing good to those who love me according to my purpose. Sometimes God may even redirect our plans when he has a different purpose. And sometimes those plans can be pretty uncomfortable and not what we prefer, not what we would choose. You know, I can think of different situations, even in my own life, where that has happened. 
and I could share numbers of them. But I remember one time when Son and I were living in the States and we were working in a, just a terrific church. And uh, they, they offered a job to us as the youth pastor in this church. It was just fantastic. You couldn't ask for a better job, better church. But we always felt called back to Australia to work amongst uh, young people at the time uh, from, from Australia. And um, so we told the church, no, this isn't where we feel we should be. We, we believe we need to head back to, to Australia. That's where we've always felt. And anyway, a week later after we told them, a church from Australia actually rung us. And um, it was like, this is, this is so good. And we got back after, did the interviews and all that, and I didn't get the job. Yeah, I still can't get over that. But anyway, no. <laughs> I, I was like that for a while. Because, we, well, what are we going to do? We just gave up a job and just didn't add up. And I mean, I love them, but I lived with my in-laws for over three months. Uh, and I just did not know what we were going to do. We had no idea. And I was so angry at God. It's like I'd given up my housing deposit to go to some place in San Jose that was way too expensive and all this sort of stuff. And now I'm literally volunteering in a little church that's going through a hard time. And I just remember just thinking, God, well, what's, that's not the plan. We just, had, we just had a son. You know, he was too young to play for Geelong at the time. We're thinking he's only six months. No, but seriously, we were just going, what are we going to do, God? But, you know, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but it's amazing how through this experience God had such a greater purpose for us. And somehow we ended up in different situations that led us literally to this place. We stand here and say that we didn't understand God's plan, but we, we now say we can see his purpose. And sometimes, here's the thing, as hard as it is for you, even though your plans are crashing and you're thinking, this isn't meant how it's meant to be working out, God hasn't deserted you, hasn't given up on you, he's not failing you. But it may be a long time until you see the purpose that he has through this change of plan that you're experiencing. Or even this, you may never see it here on earth. You may actually never see the purpose that he had for what you have gone through. As most difficult that might be to hear. But his ways are greater than my ways. His ways are greater than your ways. His purposes are greater than your ways. I want you to understand that Mary was pregnant with the Son of God. After all this has happened, the dreams and Joseph commits and all of that, Surely you'd think, okay, he's done all that. It's going to be a smooth pregnancy. It's going to be a smooth birth. It's all going to just go smoothly. Because we're committed, God, to the purpose that you have. Well, we keep reading and we see that's not how it worked. She ended up uh, on a donkey, pregnant. He hadn't booked the place to go to have the baby. They end up in a stable. The cows were not as happy as the one behind me, I'm guessing. And it didn't look as neat as that. Nothing against what's behind me. But there would have been manure. There would have been everything going on in that stable. She gives birth to this child, the Son of God. And not long after, she finds out that the, 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 
the emperor of the time wants that her child, her son, killed. So they go into hiding. They've got to escape. Uh, escaping on a donkey, I'm not sure. But anyway, they had to escape. And they had to hide. They were on the run. God, this is not the plan. Well, what I want you to do now is fast forward, even in your mind, 33 years on. Mary, the mum, who said, yes, may it be done according to your word. God, you know I love you. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. 33 years on, she is standing on a hill. And she's looking at her son, who's been stripped down naked. And he's hanging on a cross. And he's got nails in either hand. And his feet brought together with a nail right through them. And he's been whipped so badly that there may well have been a chance his vital organs were showing. This is her son. And she's looking at him. I can imagine her saying, God, this is not fair. (laughs) He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. We've done everything that you've asked. Please make it stop. No mum should ever have to go through that. They're spitting on him. They're abusing him. Hail the king of the Jews. You've saved others, save yourself. Jesus looks down and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mary looks on, her son is righteous in every way. And Jesus declares with faith and with passion, with pain, with agony, and says, it is finished. Into your hands I commit my spirit. And bang, it goes dark and the earth shakes. It's not recorded in scripture what happened to Mary straight after that. But I've been around enough mums, sadly, who have lost children to see just them collapse through just the pain, the agony of losing a child. And I sense that there was some of that for Mary, her son, her righteous son. This isn't what I planned. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. Mary and Joseph had a plan, but God had a purpose. And what was that purpose? What was that purpose of God? Here's that purpose. The purpose was you. The purpose was me. God had a purpose. People say all the time at this time of year, Jesus is the reason for the season. Who's heard that? Jesus is the reason for the season. But if you ask God what the reason for the season was in his heart, it was you, it was me. That was the reason for the season. That was the reason that Jesus came. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. Folks, you couldn't make up the Christmas story. God had a purpose. 
that he would die on the cross for you and for me. We, we were the purpose. And it's right there in the scripture that we read. If you look at verse 21. Mary will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. And here's the purpose. Jesus will save his people from their sins. Folks, if you're one of those people, as I started out, and you go, yep, I've had a change of plans. There was no choice of my own. And it's been really difficult. I'm not going to tell you for a moment, your pain's not real. Because sometimes it really does hurt. And sometimes you just don't understand. And sometimes the ache is so bad, you can't help but cry out, God, what's going on? What is going on? I think that's an okay thing to do. We see that through scripture numerous times, people crying out to God. Why? But I'm going to tell you right now, because of the goodness of God, because of his sovereignty, because of who he is, you don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has a purpose in it. Many other plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Let me share this little statement I wrote down. So on this Christmas, as we talk a lot about the birth of Jesus, understand that Mary and Joseph were people like you and me, everyday people who had a plan. But I thank God that he had a purpose and his purpose was you and me. Let me pray. Father, today I especially pray for those who, who are hurting, for those of, who are grieving, those who are confused, that they will keep their faith in you and recognize, God, that you have a greater purpose than anything they or we could ever imagine. We trust in you. May we see that through the lives of Joseph and Mary. <clears throat> May we know at this time of year that the story of Jesus is good news. This is good news. God, you had a purpose. That, that you love each and every one in this room right now, that they would just know this truth. That you sent your son Jesus, who, who was born and lived without sin, and he became the perfect sacrifice on the cross for us. God, I pray this morning that we may... Learn something from Mary and Joseph. Their willingness to stick with you despite all that was, in a sense, thrown at them. And we thank you, God, that we see your purpose lived out through their lives. May we not get so caught up 
in our own plans, be so caught up in ourselves that we forget, God, that you have a a greater purpose uh, for us that's eternal, that's beyond all measure. So we thank you, God, for your word that we've been able to read and we can see uh, what you did through Mary and Joseph and that your purpose was your purpose was for each and every one of us and we thank you for that we pray these things in your precious name Amen